Well, <clears throat> so I called an audible at the last service when um, I felt the Lord leading to say, why are you going to get up there and talk about intercessory prayer when we should pray? We should actually do intercessory prayer and learn it that way, experience it that way, rather than just talk about it. So um, honestly, I've had several people text and say, seriously? I'm like, yeah, you can come look at my notes. I wrote a beautiful sermon. <laughs> um, but I do want to look to the Word a bit and get some insight and then um, have some extended time of prayer together. If you would, stand for the reading of God's Word in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. Hear the Word of the Lord. For this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of the Lord, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the kingdom of light. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Intercessory prayer, it is the call to intercede for others, to intercede on behalf of those who are in need and those who are blessed and could receive more blessing. And not just individuals, but to intercede and pray on behalf of institutions on problems in society and more. Paul, friends, is quite the intercessory prayer champion. We see here in verse 9, for this reason, from the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying. Amen. We've not stopped praying. And what I love here is that God is pricking his heart, knowing these groups of Christians are out there and, and they need our prayer. And then I love how he tells them, I've been praying for you, not for his own aggrandizement, but so that they might be blessed and know the Lord has put you in front of me. But this isn't actually in this short letter right here at the introduction, the first time Paul has said this. Back up in verse three, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He's praying for them constantly. Now, by my count, there are 17 moments 17 listings across 11 of Paul's 12 letters where he prays for others and lets them know it. Now, the one letter in which I don't find it is the book of Galatians. If you know the New Testament, it's, it's his angry letter. He's not in such a great mood, so I can imagine he's not in the mood praying for him. Maybe that's all the more conviction why he should be praying for them. But Romans 10.1, Paul prays for the salvation of the Jews. 1 Corinthians 1.4, Paul gives thanks for the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13, 7, he prays that the Corinthians would do the right thing. Ephesians 1, 15, he prays extensively for those in the Ephesian church. Ephesians 3, 4, Paul actually gets on his knees in prayer. On his knees. And friends, in a minute, if you're so led, get on your knees. 
this semester in Gotham Recharge, an alumni experience for our Gotham Fellows, we are challenging one another to get on our knees three times a day, morning, noon, and night, because that physical act of humbling yourself does something to the heart and demonstrates something to the Lord. There are a number of verses where Paul actually begins and where he says, I'm praying for you in order to bring up various topics that then he uses as a launching board to go on and share more. Like Philippians 1, 3 through 6, Philippians 1, 9, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, 2, 13, 3, 9, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, 1 Timothy 1, 12, 1 Timothy 2, 1. I want to read some of these to you and, and hear his heart in these words. 1 Thessalonians 3, 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. First Thessalonians 3.9, that is. Philippians 1, three. He writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Sort of what we have with the Hendricksons. And then 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, specific type of prayer, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. And why? So that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. I was really convicted in college when I, with a buddy, helped start the College Republicans, and I had a little bit of vim and vigor. I had an opinion or two, as I still do. And I was challenged by the leader of the InterVarsity chapter when I was spouting off about Hillary Clinton. And yeah, I'll take the risk of bringing up a political name. But it was because he challenged me and he said, you really hate her, don't you? I challenge you to take 30 days and pray for her and just see what happens. So I did. And let me tell you, God melted some stones in my heart in seeing her as a child of God with foibles and failures, no doubt. I didn't come around to agreeing on policy or a number of her choices, but I couldn't help but see her as a person doing as we're all doing, stumbling through this world. Why do this? Because Paul calls us to live peaceful and quiet lives. Are we known as those people in this political season? Pursuing godliness and holiness. 2 Timothy 1.3, Philemon 4 and 7. And ultimately, friends, Jesus says in Matthew 5.44, pray for your enemies. And I mean, he's not saying that so much for the enemy's sake. Yeah, that, that happens as God pays attention. It's like the widow knocking on the door of the judge. Let me in, let me in, appeal. I'm appealing to you and, and solve this issue for me. We, we, get, we, we see that God can change his mind. 
He, he can be moved by the prayers of his people to act. Because we have a tendency to think God's all-knowing, all-powerful. What's the point of me even praying? He knows, right? But he will act on the prayers of the people. But I think Jesus says, pray for your enemies because he knows it changes us more sometimes. And so that's what I want to do this morning. And that's what we did in the last hour. We, we spent most of our morning in intercessory prayer. So get comfortable. Uh, those of you online, I want to encourage you to stay engaged. Don't turn off the computer. And even uh, get comfortable where you are and engage with those who might be gathered with you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you maybe even to pray out loud for your children. And yes, friends, we, we Presbyterians can vocalize some of these prayers and, and allow a, a din of noise to reach up to the heavens. But I'll walk us through a number of topics and I'll give you time and space just simply to take it before the Lord and to intercede on behalf of so much that has need in our world. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we come with anticipation, anxiety, anger, excitement, all sorts of emotions and states of mind. And I pray, Lord, even now I intercede for my brothers and sisters here and those online who may be thinking, I didn't ask for this this morning. This is weird. But Father, I pray that we would do as our covenant ancestors did, that we would appeal and intercede on behalf of so much in this world that needs your presence, that needs your guidance and your transformative power, so much in us, Lord, that need it as well. And so, Father, we now put before you an individual or a family we know that are in need of your touch this day, of your loving presence, maybe because of a health issue or a divorce or a struggle in school or a, or a or COVID illness or an economic difficulty. Lord, we put together, we put before you now an individual or family we know that needs you evermore. Hear us, O oh Lord. that you would bring to mind an enemy, an individual that we don't respect or have high regard, someone maybe who has hurt us deeply, either recently or in the distant past. And Father, with courage, even perhaps with the help of your Holy Spirit, groaning with us words too deep to express. Hear us, Father, as we put this person before you and pray for them. 
God, I pray your Holy Spirit would be the great healer in this moment where emotions have been stirred up, our hearts have been moved, and dealing with enemies can be so very difficult. So I pray for peace. I pray for healing. Father, we put before you now our spouses, or for those who are in a season of singleness, we put them before you. And we pray, Lord, that you would hear our prayers as we pray for rich and bountiful relationships. Let us pray. If so moved and comfortable, take a hand of your loved one. I pray a special word of blessing over those called to a season of singleness, whether by choice or not, that you would give them rich relationships, bountiful energy, and hope for your call in their lives as they faithfully seek to serve you. Now, God, we bring to you our children, our children and grandchildren, nieces and nephews. We bring to you, Father, the children of this covenant community in our SHINE program and those in our student ministry, the guests of our, of our children that come and experience this ministry. Father, we have hopes for them. Hear us as we pray for their salvation. We pray for their future mates, should you call them to marriage, as we pray for their educational journey and, and all that it takes to, to succeed and serve in this world. Lord, we lift before children who are struggling and in need of your goodness and grace. And so I'd like to invite everybody, I want you to pray out loud with your mouths and to say their names and to echo the concerns you have and, and may a, a din of sound come up from this place into this sanctuary as we pray for our own children and children of our family and of this covenant family. Let us pray. you our staff and volunteers that serve the children and students of this church so faithfully. Thank you, Father, for the men and the women who have a call 
to see the next generation follow after you. God, we put before you now even our leaders at all levels as Paul calls us to do. And so we pray for our mayor of Orlando and the city council. We pray for Orange County Mayor Demings and the county commission. We pray for our police chief and sheriff and all the many others that serve in government, seeing that the services and that this region go forward. Father, we pray for our governor and for our state house and state senate. We pray for the Florida Supreme Court and ask that you give them wisdom, that you give them space and time to deliberate and to deliberate based on relationship and common values about Florida and her future. God, we pray for our president. We pray for the Congress, both the House and the Senate and our Supreme Court. Lord, we pray for political candidates of all stripes. We pray for the one we know is the future. And especially, Father, we pray for the ones we are fearful of or disgusted by or don't want to see shape our future. Father, hear us now as we come before you and pray in this political season for peaceableness and godliness and goodness and holiness and that we can be emissaries of just that while being faithful to lead in our citizenship. Oh, Father, hear our prayer even now for all of these individuals and especially those where we need you to free our hearts. Hear us, oh Lord. that we now pray for vocation, for our work, for that which we do daily, whether for income or not, to serve ourselves, our families, our neighborhoods and communities. I pray, Father, that the work that we do would be unto you and would be rich with fruitfulness and purpose. Father, I pray for those who are struggling right now, have been on furlough, laid off, or without a job. We pray, Father, for restaurants and other businesses that have been impacted hard in this pandemic. We pray for those entrepreneurial ventures that have been struggling and trying to get off the ground. And even for those massive corporate entities looking at laying off tens of thousands. Father, we cry out for this economic situation. We pray, Lord, that you would intervene and help us move through these times. And we pray for those on our right and our left who walk daily in sometimes economic insecurity. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for our work and this economy.
Father, hear us now as we pray for law enforcement. We pray for our brave men and women in the military. We pray for first responders and doctors and nurses and garbage collectors, so many who make our town and our world run. We are thankful for the security we enjoy. We are thankful for the justice that is pursued around us. Hear us, Father, as we pray for these faithful men and women. And Father, we pray for racial reconciliation in our land. We know, Father, that there are so many perspectives from a sociological point of view and a political point of view. And help us, Father, to have the biblical eyes and mindset and heart to see how you would help us to find unity with others. We pray, Father, if we haven't empathized and fully understood what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes, help us, Lord, to be emissaries of peace. Bring us, if we don't have relationships with those so very different from ourselves. Hear us, Father, as we pray for racial reconciliation in our land. Finally, God, we put before you our global ministry abroad and our missionaries, particularly the Hendricksons. We put before you the local work that we do in this church and the other groups with whom we partner to see that the vulnerable are fed, granted ID, found that they might find a place to live and a job to hold. We pray, Lord, for the needs of this world and the arms of ministry that aim to reach it. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, Jesus, we give all of this to you. And all God's people said, amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Intercessory prayer. It's good. Did you know that there are a team of women who come every week and pray over every seat in this sanctuary? Lifting you before the Lord. There's a space on our internet where if you have prayer requests, you can put those in there and there are people who will put your need before the throne of grace. If you'd like to be on that prayer chain, email me and you too can receive these other needs and see not only how God's work happens in the world, but how your heart is transformed. Lastly, I'll share this with you and even for you online to come be with us. I'm going to lead something I've done for a number of years called an urban prayer walk. We will meet at 10 o'clock on October 28th, October 28th, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the Angel Wing. 
wear comfortable shoes, and this little guide will help us branch out from here for about 30 minutes, looking for signs of hope and progress in our city, looking for signs of distress and need that need our prayers. And let me tell you, friends, you walk deep with the Holy Spirit, you will see things that you've never seen, even though you may have driven these streets for years and years and years. Who is it that you need to continue to keep before the throne of grace and offer unto him? May we do that. And may we be those people as evidence by Paul. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for a variety of prayers. So many ways that we can communicate with you and be in relationship with you. You are a good God. And all God's people said...